Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Wrestle Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Lukewarm Luke Owen. Hello, Swerf Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis, on this episode 1001 wow. of the wrestle talk podcast now obviously that also includes bonus episodes that we've released like birthday episodes for uh wrestle talk extra our patreon show we also at the start of lockdown we're on a like a weekly phase of uh, releasing patreon episodes to kind of like keep you all entertained and stuff so it's not like a thousand pure episodes but we have released 1000 episodes on this podcast feed and how long have we been doing it? 2018? Uh, 2017, I think we started. 2017. Was it 2017? Well, it, was, it was WrestleMania Roller Coaster. But I don't know if we released that as an audio podcast. So I then started a few months after WrestleMania 33. In fact, actually, I can go back. If I load up Acast, just give me a second. If you could fill for time for me for just a quick moment. Do you want me to do my array of Ray Winston doing other accents? So this is Ray Winston doing Australia. Howdy, geezer. This is Ray Winston doing American. Well, you know, geezer. Um, Here's Ray Winston doing German. Gooden tug. Blow the bloody doors off. You know, all... (laughs) classic ray winston lines it's gonna take you a while to scroll back that no, no, far oh right? no no i'm already, I'm already no, you're there. Nearly I'm already there. there first episode recorded watch listen to this first episode recorded 4th of july 2017 which wow. by the way was actually listened to 31 times recently um <laughs> was baron corbin's money in the bank cash in vince mcmahon's successor and more on the wrestle ramble so what was the did we used to did we used to do raw and smackdown together as one yes. show was it and That's we'd great. also yeah. cover some news 
because I it was, was a only long old in, thing. Because I was only in one day a week at that point, so we used to record it on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. so we could watch both mm-hmm. Raw and SmackDown and review them all then. And then when I started full time, which actually was around this sort of time, we we stuck with the Wednesday format thing because it was easier for us to record it all on the Wednesday as opposed to split it over multiple days. Back in the times when there was only one wrestling podcast on YouTube in town. Not all your bloody Sean's... Who who are the others? Uh, Going in Raw. Although they were around. They they predate us. They've been around forever. (laughs) Uh, Your Sean's... Just Sean, you know? Just Sean. Well, on YouTube, like there are loads of wrestling podcasts out there. I suppose we're in a position, but I think they predate us as well. It's quite a few that really yeah, do but, predate uh, us, even even though we're even though we're the biggest one. We're 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 doing the raw thing, the you know the WWE did you know graphics where you have to put a quite a contrived set of parameters in. So it's not the longest running wrestling podcast. It's the longest running wrestling podcast that's also on YouTube. That started in twenty seventeen. Going that's in too, that's too 20, specific. Well, going in Raw was established in 2015, so they really do okay. predate us. But we put out more episodes, correct? I don't think we do. <laughs> How many do they do a week? They, they, they do like daily podcasts. Oh, I know we do, sort of, but sometimes they do like two a day. So like... <laughs> They, they've definitely done way more episodes than us. They also do like all the New Japan and Impact reviews as well, which we don't. Do oh, anymore. nobody watches those. <laughs> Come on, Stephen Larson. Um, oh, damn. So we've got nothing going for us except Listen our good looks. First few episodes we've got Baron Corbin, Money in the Passion, Raw versus SmackDown, July 3rd and July 4th, 2017 reviewed. Great Balls of Fire predictions. Uh, Bailey heel turn, Fantasy Booking Warfare. The Punjabi prison revisited. Oh this was God. my big idea because there was a Punjabi prison match on a pay per view, mm. and I was like, "We'll we'll rewatch the other two and we'll review them." The video did real bad. Um, mm. We didn't, but we didn't. That's right, we didn't do Great Balls of Fire as a podcast review because you were away, and it was my first re- solo review on the green screen, and I did Roman Reigns turns heel as the title and thumbnail and got slaughtered for it in the comments because I made the argument Roman acted like a heel in this match. You cannot <laughs> cheer this man as the baby face. Yeah. Well, that's, that was his, uh, that was a few, few years there before he actually turned heel. We were still finding that tone. It was the wild West in those days. I remember I once put up Kenny Omega to WWE question well, that was a, ru- a rumor though that he was going to show <clears throat> yes. up in the royal rumble i don't think that i and i know that because i'm rewriting well, i'm writing that uh, rust talk magazine article about kenny omega and i'm actually at that mm. point in his career where he himself was talking about going to wwe and has done interviews since both him and the young bucks have said i honestly thought i was going to end up in wwe because of the offer they gave us mm. was so good we had to be crazy to turn it down mm. It's just, uh, you know, sometimes you, you think you can, well, we can justify a headline as much as we want like that. But the the true, the true proof is in the thumbs up, thumbs down ratio and the comments. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like people feel cheated if they click on a video with a certain title and then that that story that it's not always on the viewer for misunderstanding the packaging. 
It's also on us. I remember being in Stratford train station. So like, oh, I'll check in on that video I made earlier. And I looked and it had like 15% thumbs down. And 5% is like our threshold of when we go, hmm, maybe we should change this. <laughs> and I was like, I remember like ringing, some, ringing one of our editors up and being like, can you just knock together? Because the YouTube app wasn't on the phone back then for the back end. I can just change the title like I can now. Um, but we're getting away from ourselves. We were talking about the podcasts. Podcasts is your thing. Do you feel a sense of achievement or does it not I really do. matter? No, no, I, I love this because, like, as you know quite well, I think a lot of listeners were there from day one. You know, they were down from day one is H listening to this show. Who know that I love podcasts? And I, I spend a lot of my time outside of these four walls listening to podcasts. Um, so to actually be able to podcast for my job with my best friend and talk about wrestling and stuff. It's just been like the best. And like to have released a thousand episodes of that. I've not been on all 1000 episodes, but I think you and I have been on what? 80% of them. Maybe like maybe even more than that. Yeah. Cause we had a few years ahead of everyone else. And then of course we're still doing a load now. Well, you, you specifically have been on most of them. Yeah, because I still there was a period of time when I was also doing the NXT reviews with Laurie, mm. and then I did all the magazine shows as well. That should we? I mean, you know, I'm not really one for milestone things. I don't. It's cool, I guess, but I don't. I don't. It's not that I don't care. <laughs> but I've never had like a oh wow, we've done this many things. <laughs> No. Do I no, get a Do I get an award? You do, so you don't think it's a bit of an achievement that we've released one thousand podcasts in this? Stream? It sure. It sure is an achievement. But it, I guess what I'm, I'm putting a damper on these celebrations. It doesn't. <laughs> just doesn't. Doesn't resonate with me. I don't know. I'm about the journey, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. There's a fun title here uh, from July uh, July thirty first, twenty seventeen. Why WWE Raw should go back to two hours. I'm sure that was a, a thrilling discussion that probably yeah. hasn't actually aged at all. It's probably the same <laughs> argument now. Well, well, here's here's to at least another 150 more. That's that's what that's what I'm hoping. At least another 150. What uh, I mean, long live. What a, Long live the Wrestle Talk podcast, uh, and also thank you all very much for listening. Uh, you know, and uh, along with us over the years, this sounds like I'm, I'm making that sound like it's the end. To be like, thank you all so much for listening. Well, well, maybe maybe our paths will cross down the line at some point again soon. Um, but let's get into this AEW review here um, because this was a cracking show with dreadful women segments. Here it is. Hey, Luke, I heard you like coffins in your coffin. So we put a coffin in your coffin so you can coffin while you're coffin. I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing back the Pimp My Ride exhibit driving meme, everybody. Last night's AEW Dynamite saw Darby Allen take on Ethan Page in the main event with a fantastic coffin match, with the final spot being Darby Allen doing a coffin drop through the goddamn coffin. Yes, that wasn't the final spot. That that ended the show. That didn't end the match, though. 
It was the it was the epilogue spot. Yes, I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by lukewarm Lou Cohen. Welcome to the AEW Dynamite Review edition of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Please subscribe, subscribe, or we will ground Darby Allen for being naughty. He should have been back home earlier last night. He hasn't done his homework, and he's just he's hanging out with his uncle Sting too much. So subscribe, please. Enable notifications thumbs up party, etc. And also getting your ultra chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one over $5. But yes, a very good episode of Dynamite last night, headlined by an excellent main event. Yes, this has been uh, building for quite some time now. This was meant to take place on last week's show, but the sort of speculation is they moved that because of the tragedy uh, that beset Miami uh, very recently. They thought it was probably a bit poor taste to do a coffin match. They still did one, though. They just did it in a different state um, a a week later. So this has been building for a while. It's not like Darby Allen's last couple of feuds. It's not one I've been massively into. Um, I enjoyed his TNT main event title run when he was just like defending the TNT title against John Silver and the like that I was into, but all the stuff he's done with Sting less into because he just feuded with Team Taz forever and they always seem to win. And here's the same thing where Darby Allen is still feuding with men of the year, despite the fact that they keep winning and it doesn't, it doesn't feel like the most engaging feud. Darby won here. That's what I mean. So they keep winning. Oh, so, Darby keeps winning. Yeah, Darby. Yeah, but he Sting. threw him down. He threw him down the the concrete steps. Ouch. And then they beat them. They beat them at double or nothing after that. Yeah, but then, then Sky and Paige beat Allen in a handicap match. Yeah, but like... total, totally fair. <laughs> so, I I have been not so much into this feud. I loved the match at Double or Nothing, but for me, that should have been like the the pin in all of this. That Mm. should have been the bow to end all of this off. With that said, I am just going to sit here, nom, 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 eat my humble pie. This match ruled. I absolutely loved it. Wish it had been on pay-per-view and gone a bit longer. Think with the ad break and stuff, we only really got sort of like, you know, seven minutes of actual on-screen match. But what we did get was very, very good. I don't think you have to eat humble pie. I think... It's it's sort of uh, something that happens all the time in WWE and with several mid-card or women's division feuds in AEW. Feud, not great. Not really anything there, not excited about it. But wrestlers going to wrestle. And they always put on an excellent in-ring match, although most of this match did take, out, did take place outside of it. Uh, just as a brief recap of the spots, Darby Allen comes out, unveils what I'm calling the reverse Bret Hart, he had a steel plate on his back and immediately hit like a second rope coffin drop on Ethan Page. Of course, famously, Bret Hart had it round the front to deflect a Goldberg spear once. Scorpio Sky jumped out of the coffin, surprise attack Scorpio Sky. Uh, but Sting took him out. So we got to see Sting brawl through the crowd. Was he wearing oh, was a- like watching. He was wearing a T-shirt as well. It felt like a TNA main event, pay-per-view main event from 2008 through to 2012. It was delightful. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Darby and Ethan just like brawled everywhere. There was a spot where Darby jumped off the top of like an entranceway. Page caught him. Military pressed him down back to the barricade, threw him over. Uh, We had that the turnbuckle was unhooked and used for a few spots like Ethan Page was fish-hooked by Darby. Uh, the most brutal spot, although oh. it's probably tied, was a second rope. 
Ego's Edge, which is Paige's version of the Razor's Edge, Scott Hall's big old power bomb from back in the day, onto the steel steps inside the ring. Darby landed with such a crunch, like an awful just thud and just like crumpled over himself. Oh, oh, it was not fun to watch. Not fun at all. What's the hardest part of the ring, really? Well, the I, I mean, I, I've been reliably informed it's the apron. That's the hardest part of the ring. I think the I don't think the steel steps count as part of the ring. I think the ring post is the hardest part of the ring. I think that counts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, it's like, I wasn't going anywhere. It was just a <laughs> genuine question. I also okay. I was talking I was talking to someone in the comments on my Wrestle Talk News episode, and they were like, "Man, Darby just takes any bump. It's crazy." And then I thought, "I'm glad he wasn't around in the '90s." Oh, that's it. The person said, "Oh man, he would have fitted in great in ECW." And I thought he would have killed himself in ECW if if mm. if protect if unprotected chair shots were acceptable in wrestling right now. I'm pretty sure Darby would be taking them multiple times a match. Yeah, he would have taken like and probably reveled in the idea of taking a balls Mahoney chair shot to the <sighs> face. Yeah, disgusting. Um, but anyway, the after that, uh, Alan, you just can't kill him, can you? He gets back up. He's on the ring apron with Paige. I think he raked or gouged Paige's eyes. Got his skateboard and did a little trick. And, and and ground on Paige's back like a stomp, and Paige fell in the coffin, lid shut. Darby's the winner. Yeah. Darby is crowned the winner. And then Darby to um, kind of, I think, really tie a little bow onto this feud, went up onto the top rope and did a coffin drop from the top to the floor through the coffin lid and just completely crumpled into uh, Ethan Page and then just fell to the floor. It was a really cool visual to end. It's you know quite wonderful that AEW gave these guys the main event spot of this show. You know the, mm. the uh, faith that they have in their younger talent to be like, yeah, you go out there. Um, you're not one of our main event players, but you go out there and you be the main event of this show and you do what you do. I I thought it was really really spectacular to see. As like, and it's such a minor nitpick. My only criticism to be, I wish it was on tape <laughs> so I didn't have to watch most of it through a commercial break. But uh, I, I can't. Yeah, I, I just wish I had more time with it. Fight TV, bro. That's what I watched. No ad break. No picture in picture. Yeah, it's but you know there. they always. They, but they always take the time. You can tell when they're in commercial break. I I would actually argue against that. I would say Darby does not know how to not really punish himself. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't have noticed. And it's it's good it, because when the match finished, I was like ah. There's a coffin right there. You're not going to do a coffin drop on the coffin? And then he did. So that was fun. So uh, do you... I, I've seen some people, not a lot, but I can see where they're coming from. Should Ethan Page have won this match? Uh, if only because the the good guys keep winning, then yeah, I suppose you can make the argument for, for Ethan Page to get the win. However, Ethan Page getting a win here would have just extended out the feud further and i think i'm kind of done with the feud now so i'm i'm fairly happy for darby to get the win okay so there's imagine there's a world just hypothetically where page wins the feud's over 
because Alan, I think, is is does is a genuine main eventer, homegrown star. They've done a fantastic job. And personally, I think there's daylight almost between the two outcomes. But I would have gone for Derby. I think he's he's your draw. He's the over guy. Protect protect him because he won. Yeah. He lost the TNT title recently. I think he should have gone over. But on the flip side of that, Ethan Page. I I felt like this was his arrival moment. I feel like this is this is elevating him considerably beyond where he's been so far. He feels like a proper player now. Although, yeah, you know, AEW do this a lot. They do it with every single woman. They did they did it with best friends, Santana and Ortiz. You're like, oh wow, main event. This is like the best thing this person's ever done. And then you don't really hear from them forever. Like, where's Jungle Boy at the moment? You know, there's not, there's not well, much follow up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get you, but like, it's, it, yeah, I, I get you certainly on the Jungle Boy thing, and certainly the proud and powerful thing as well. Like, I think it says a lot about uh, Santana and Ortiz. And granted, they did have a very tough lineup. So we're doing a um like a tournament bracket thing over on WrestleTalk's um, social media account on Twitter, and you can get to vote like who goes through and who goes through. We're doing a tag team one at the moment. Aid man, Aid Davis tag team division is stacked, and they had a first round match against the Lucha Bros. And I was like, I mean, that's a tough first round pick anyway. But I think, you know, if they'd have been given like TV time and they had just been inner circle lackeys since they came in, I think there's every chance they might have beaten the Lucha Bros there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Charles Berg says, personally, I don't get why Ethan Page lost. Hey, this is just what we were talking about. 
Seems like they want to present him as Darby's constant foil. Hangman should lose in the first match. More story to tell. Moxley nails the look of cousin from the Midwest who might have killed a man down pat. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, I, I think Ethan Page needs to now win a lot. I think he needs a feud where he can... Yeah, like what you don't want is for men of the year to just really fade into the tag team division and just, you know, start to feel like the hybrid two or like a private party or just sort of like, just feel like they're just there as background filler. Like, I think they they, they need a really good storyline. I don't see them as a tag act. I see them as two singles, guys. Unfortunately, uh, I feel like they've got AW Dark written all over them. But Rampage is starting soon. Uh, don't mind me, I'm... At work, says, live report from Austin, Texas. So they were there. After the show, they had Mark Henry, who is from Austin, address the crowd and pointed out the Boys and Girls Club were in attendance, which instantly made us all feel bad for chanting, you sick F word at Ethan Page. Oh, don't Naughty. mind me. I'm at work. That's a very nausy. There were boys and girls in that crowd. It's a family friendly affair. Jonathan Hedman, nice show last night. In-ring action was solid. It makes me sad that the directing still misses shots. My friends were saying Baker has that 95 HBK swagger. The WWE Dynamite match was fine. Which one's the WWE Dynamite match? Oh, Hardy versus Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I guess that is what uh, Jonathan's referring to as well. I also agree because there was a moment during this coffin match as well where they missed missed, like an Ethan Page and Darby Mm. spot because they were focusing on Sting brawling through the crowds. Yeah, why well, is the star? Uh, apologies for Luke's occasional crappy internet. There's nothing we can I think do, that was actually you. I think that was you that time. Oh, the people in the comments were saying it's you. So, uh, Matt, hmm. maybe it's both of us. <laughs> Keith Lloyd. When Hangman said the Dark Order accepts Kenny's challenge, my heart grew three times bigger like the Grinch. I love, Luke. This company. Well, I am. Um, my I heart. Didn't got something else other than my heart grew. You know. <laughs> I uh, I I genuinely got a bit emotional at the mm. end of that uh, when the Dark Order came out to make that save. Bloody hell! All bagaloo. OMG! Rewatch the end of Jay White versus Kenny Omega for the US Championship. Not only does it foreshadow Kenny Omega kind of endorsing White as the next Bullet Club leader, but it also shows Kenny never believed in Hangman on that level, fueling Hangman's insecurity. <gasps> That's great. Yeah. There's so much like that Twitter feed that kind of deed and chronicles this story was just, it's so great. Uh, and finally, for now, Travis Griffin, longtime listener, first time caller, opinions, boys. Hangman beats Kenny, Miro beats Hangman after a long reign, then MJF beats Miro. And now, not only does he claim he's better than you, but also better than God's champion. There's a lot of moving parts there. So Miro would become the joint TNT and world champion and then MJF beats him. I guess so, yeah. yeah. I don't think you have to have the AW world championship involved in that. You could just have him beaten for the TNT championship. Mm, I think that's a good idea. Because yeah. I've got the power of Beige on my Beige. side. Beige. Me and Beige. As long, uh, so long as it's the as long as it's the men's one. As long as it's the men's one, because otherwise I've got Asuka, and there's not Cat in Hell's chance that Asuka's winning. So I'm really hoping Asuka. that the men's one goes on second, so I can have Beige as my guy. 
You yeah, spelled I don't think I asked Asker wrong as well, didn't you? Uh, very much so. Oh, I, a lot of my <laughs> things were wrong. I drew a penis on um, Drew McIntyre's one by accident. Uh, I drew a sperm yeah. on the Matt Riddle one. Um, spelled Asker's Why? name wrong. What do you mean? Because of Viper? Yeah, yeah. I drew, I drew a snake and it, it just sort of looked like a sperm. Um, Andy messaged me after the prediction stream and just said, just so you're aware, <laughs> Luke drew a sperm on the stream and, me in. <laughs> and then called it a cum. <laughs> singular. Yeah, and he was like, I've never heard it in a singular way. I was like, Andy, you just you, can we use these for serious chats, the DMs? This is the work... It's the work Discord, man. Oh, dear. <laughs> anyway. I haven't even dobbed me in. So AEW Dynamite uh, opened with John Moxley versus Carl Anderson for the United States IWGP title. So you've got a you've got an AW wrestler versus an Impact wrestler over a New Japan title in front of fans. Like I know the Forbidden Door was knocked open, <clears throat> well back in December, but also but the New Japan bit was only in February with Kenta showing up. It feels real now, though. This feels more real because there's fans there. Yeah, this was and like the reaction that Moxley got when oh, he yeah. came out. Oh, I was delightful. And Carl Anderson got really good heel coming out, got to do his big machine gun Carl Anderson entrance and stuff. I absolutely, I loved this match, actually. I really, really had a great time with this match. I enjoyed it. Um, it was great seeing Moxley do that entrance. He was lapping up all the fan attention, you know, because that's his thing. He comes out through the fans. It's been a bit sad when he's come out during the pandemic to empty seats. But the... Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I preferred the Nagata match from May. I just thought it was a bit more... Yeah. I, I, I liked it a bit more. And of course, next week, they booked a Texas death match numero dos against Lance Archer. And Moxie and Archer just have crazy good chemistry. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that match as well. Like it's, I think you can make the arguments that there are too many titles in AEW because we then had an FTW championship match <laughs> afterwards. And it felt like the commentators had to almost... Because tr- if this is your first time watching AEW Dynamite, you're like, okay, so he's he's the champion, but he's not a champion from this company. It's like, yeah, 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 that, that, that's the case. Then the next guy comes out with a title belt. I was like, yeah, but that's also not a title belt from this company. <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually not recognized by this company. <laughs> It is. It's cool for us. It's like, you know, the multiverse <laughs> is incredibly yeah. cool. But I think as soon as Marvel goes down that direction, everyone's going to be like, what? What? What are you talking about? What? Why is this? Huh? <laughs> uh, anyway, Kingston took out Doc Gallows at the start. So that means we're only left with a the integrity of the one-on-one match. And Moxley won in the end after a few good near falls from Anderson, but paradigm shift in the end. Good opener. Yeah. Yeah, pretty foregone conclusion, I think, that John Moxley was retaining. It's actually the most U.S. title defenses now, which I thought was a really nice stat to uh, to bring up. That's a very New Japan stat to bring up as well. Do you think that Lance Archer picks up the belt next week? Ooh. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. 
Of course, like Moxley, we all thought he's taking time off. He's just had a kid, but he had the kid. It's a month after that, and he's back. Yeah, so that, that mean, to me maybe... says he's going to stick around. Yeah, I mean, maybe he got two weeks, you know, paternity leave, took two weeks holiday, and uh, and now he's just back again. After that, we had Andrade backstage. It was an interview from earlier in the day, which means it could have subtitles because Andrade is talking in Spanish, which is much cooler than trying to make him speak in English and much cooler than Vicky Guerrero speaking for him. And he ha he asked Alex Abrahantes, you know, the sort of Pentagon says guy, where's Death Triangle? Because he's looking for them. And that could mean one of two things to me. Either he wants a match with Pentagon, which is like, yes, or he's going to make a faction with the Lucha Bros, which I think makes so much more sense than the Lucha Bros with Eddie Kingston or the Lucha Bros with Pac. I, yeah, I agree with you. Can I give you my theory as well? Um, mm. Well, you know, what's happened with Andrade El Idolo. They were hyping for a while that Andrade had a big announcement that he was going to make on TV and him and Vicky would come out and then someone would interrupt them. So we'd have to wait for this big announcement. That big announcement has been dropped and they haven't really been mentioning it ever since. I think it was going to be Selena Vega. Yes. I think that Selena Vega was going to come out and they were going to attack. Like Vicky was basically given to Andrade to be like, this is a rubbish thing to do because we're going to give you a better thing in a couple of weeks time. And so, like, it may, you look at this and it may not make a lot of sense, but once Zelina Vega's here, this all makes sense. And unfortunately, Zelina Vega has now gone back to WWE. So they're like, huh, well, we don't really want to put Andrade with Vicky. So maybe we can go in a different direction now because he wasn't with Vicky this week. All the reports said that Vega going back to WWE was a done deal, probably a month, maybe even sooner or uh, earlier than Andrade showed up in AEW. Um, but, you know, Zelina also said that the dirt sheets don't know anything. They're all stupid. They can go F themselves. So <laughs> she she knows, doesn't she? Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, she said, she definitely said that it was a massive lie that she was at the Performance Center, you know, which has since been proven to be true. Yeah. So who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe Zelina Vega, who said that was a lie, or dirt sheet boy Sean Ross Sapp? Dirt sheet yeah. boy... Um, sorry, I just, uh, someone's talking about my hair. No, it hasn't, it shouldn't have grown in by now. It shouldn't have. It starts in two months' time. It's a slow process. It's sorry. an unforgiving light as well. It's an unforgiving light. I'm fine. Um, Ricky Starks took on Brian. Ca oh, Andrade also said that he's got a special deal. He can fight anywhere. So not just AEW. Uh, we got Ricky Starks versus Brian Cage next for the FTW title. An unrecognized belt. People get so annoyed about the FTW championship. To me, I've always seen it as, here's Team Taz. You know who the leader of Team Taz is by who holds the belt. It's something that's decided internally. I don't, I don't yeah. think it's something that needs to be defended. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, it's absolutely fine. Like that's, hmm. It's not like the FTW title when it was in ECW was defended every single week. It's not like it was like, it, it's <clears throat> it's fine. It's just, it's, it's a bit of a gimmick for that team. Yeah. Uh, it's been two and a half months, Tanole, about my about my hair. But it's, it's fine. I, I'm not I'm not panicking. That there's not more hair. I th I don't think it looks that bad, man. No, you're right. You're right. It, it doesn't. And I'm totally fine about that. 
Yeah, as, as we can clearly they, see. Yeah, this you, is we what can, they always see. told me. Yeah, as you can see, you're totally fine about all of this. You've now had all of your, you've had all your skull injections now. So you yeah. like that's the hard part. Now you just got to reap the benefits of it all. I've I've sowed the the follicles. Totally fine. I really liked this match because Ricky Starks, I remember when he came in and he, you know, was very good, cut a good promo. He had that match against Cody, which effectively got him the job in AEW. And I was like, hey, he's good. And everyone was everyone else was like, oh, he's amazing. I feel like they were just putting it on a bit to seem cool. But now I have seen, I feel like I get Ricky Starks now. I think hmm. he's excellent. Yeah. I mean, he is. Dude, when he comes out, he makes his entrance. He's got that pose mm. and everything. He he drips with charisma. And he's also a very, very good wrestler. There were a couple of moments in this match, though, when he was landing on his head. And I was like, uh-oh. And that, that's, that, yeah, that's just when mm. he's come back from his neck injury and stuff. But this was a really, really fun match. He had this amazing spot because Brian Cage is awesome. Like Brian Cage is this mm. big fridge of a man that does like you know big kicks and whatnot. And there's a moment where this ginormous fridge whipped Ricky Starks out on the outside into the corner post. And Ricky Starks just sort of like jumped, like flicked his legs up into the air and slid on his back through the corner, like across the corner of the ring, then ran back round to attack Brian Cage. It was awesome, man. It was yeah. so cool. Yeah, kind of like how when uh, Sami Zayn would dive through the turnbuckles, but sort of cooler in a way. Uh, like a detective sliding across a car bonnet to get into yeah. the driver's side. Uh, we also got a amazing sort of last ride sit-down powerbomb from Starks on Brian Cage. Starks on Brian Cage. I've said that the right way round. And also Cage had his bicep work ho worked over. So he just did like bicep curls on Ricky Starks with one hand. It looks super impressive. I imagine Starks was helping him out a lot. You know, he's mm. tugging on the neck. In the end, though, there was a swerve. I genuinely thought t Team Taz were going to help Brian Cage. And, and Hobbs took away the belt from Ricky from using it, stopping him from cheating. But it, that itself was a swerve. He Hobbs hits Brian Cage with the belt. Ricky Stark, Starks wins. I thought this was great. There are swerves and there are swerves. And brother, we all got swerved. Yeah, I thought this was a really fun finish to the match. Um, and Team Taz, like Taz on commentary, like celebrated like they just won the world title because it is the world title to him. And, um, you know, they all celebrate there and it's, excuse me, Starks, Tabs, Hobbs and Hook. And they just ended with the belt and everything. It was really cool. Um, yeah, I I'm curious to see where they go next with Team Taz. But I do, I, I love them as an act. They're such a, they're a lower card act. But I really do like Team Taz. I imagine it's versus Brian Cage. Oh, yeah, 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 probably. We'll just do more of that again, yeah. I would hope not. I want them to separate and then clash again down the line. Uh, after that, we got Cody Rhodes coming out and interrupting the broadcast. He took the, uh, the headset. This was very well done. And then he was like, actually, I'm going to go into the ring. So it felt, it felt chaotic. And he called out Malachi Black, saying you can't just kick Arn Anderson in the head. He's an old guy. I mean, MJF. Every, a lot of old people get assaulted. <laughs> Tully Blanchard took out Conan, but that's old well, on old action. That's yeah, okay. Literally, literally in the next segment, Proud and Powerful assaulted Tully Blanchard. <laughs> they didn't, crucially. 
Cody Rhodes is wearing all in he's all in white. He's interrupted by Malachi Black, who has a Trump promo where he talks about uh, sort of like putting a prized pony down. It's about Cody, obviously, how Cody doesn't have the intensity that he used to. And Cody Rhodes showed some very real fire being like, come why I've got it now, you shut of a Netherlands gun. And the light. I'm, I feel like I'm very immune to the lights cutting out in wrestling these days. It's very overdone. When I felt like the way they turned off the lights was perfect. Did you get this? So, so hang on. The way that they turned off the lights was perfect. Yeah. How do you mean by that? I don't know. <laughs> it's just like it went, it went black so quickly. Yeah. I like. I, I think it came up. I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was any more special than when they turn off lights at, at wrestling shows previously. Maybe, maybe that's a sign that I am invested in the story and characters. Actually, yeah, because there's only so many ways you can turn off lights. <laughs> but Malachi Black interrupted Cody. Uh, sort of, he's he's there in the ring now. They had a pull apart brawl, which was very good. I thought this was excellent. I thought this was so, so great. I thought that Cody coming out and taking the headset first was really good. And then realizing, actually, no, I need to say something more. And he goes down to the ring and cuts the promo. I thought it was really good. I had a pang of worry when I saw Alistair Black sat in a dark room. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, he's, tra- <laughs> he's, he's only got and found a bloody cupboard to get trapped inside. And then he started talking about like encrypted words. I was like, oh, no. Oh, I've been down this road before. <laughs> I had six months of this on the review in SmackDown. And um, yeah, and then he just like, they, he shows up in the ring and they had this amazing pull apart brawl. I really, really like this. And, you know, easy symbolism. Cody is all in white. Malachi is all in black. I, I just think that Cody's turning heel. I just think that he's turning heel in all of this. It's I obviously I obviously don't think he's turning heel. It's very clear that Cody is the baby face <laughs> of all of this. <laughs> I oh uh, reportedly his Go Big show has been renewed, which uh, is the sort of network TV show where people encourage the wrestler Big Show to do things. And last time that happened, he lost the belt to Brody Lee for a couple of weeks because he had to take it out to be a judge on that. So yeah, maybe we get a Malachi Black match sooner rather than later. Writes Cody off TV. Mm, could be, yeah. I, I thought they were trying to save this for double uh, for all out, but maybe they do the first match on Dynamite as the main. Oh, event, and then do the re- then do the return. Yeah, match do it sooner. All out. Yeah, you're right. See, it's it's harder than it looks. Are, are you still see are, that? Are, 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 are people I'm trying to turn off the lights? Oh. No, I'm doing the. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Why are you bringing Sorry. that up now? Well, it's because you were like look, you said earlier that the light makes it look worse, and I thought that you'd read some more comments of people being mean to you, so you start turn the lights off. I didn't realize you but were then, calling but back. Then to... we were talking loads about the lights going off. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't pick up on that, mate. That's that's on me. <sighs> I wrote a whole thing in my news script today, trying to make a joke about America, white, black, and I'm just like, this is too. <laughs> I can't. It's too many things. Santana and Ortiz threatened children's birthday party magician Tully Blanchard backstage. 
he, I, I didn't think of it until I saw your review and I was like, he does look like a birth, a, a, birth, a kid's birthday party magician. Why is he dressed in that red sparkly jacket? He's <laughs> <laughs> getting ready to sing My Shadow and Me with MJF. Yeah, is this what Father Christmas looks like in the summertime? <laughs> Guess he needs a bigger beard. Uh, but the, yeah, Santana and Ortiz threatened him, hitting him with a pipe, but they crucially didn't. Uh, then we get, yeah, my favourite thing on the show. Easily. Hangman Page comes out to talk to Tony Schiavone. Uh, he talks about how he's tried to hide from it. He's tried to run from it. But he is, and he's just about to say, I'm going to challenge Kenny for the title. But the elite come out. The elite are just wonderfully obnoxious heels. They look, just they've turned themselves up to freaking... 20, let alone 11, in how ridiculously they dress. Matt Jackson gets into the ring, cuts an awesome promo, awesome promo about how he can smell beer like alcohol on Paige's breath. He's going to be wrestling's next tragedy. Just yeah, phenomenal stuff. Dude, there was a line <laughs> as well in all of this, and it's a line by Matt Jackson when he said, you abandoned us for a bunch of losers. Putting the blame on Paige for leaving the elite. Mm. And then Kenny's got the belt behind him. He's about to attack Paige after a little scuffle. Dark Order run down for the save. Yay! <laughs> it's the Misfits. And then the elite set up a... Like, Kenny makes a challenge where the elite will take on Paige and the Dark Order in an, in an elimination match where if Paige and the Dark Order beat all of the elite, so they've got to pin every single member of the elite, not only will Paige get his title shot, the Dark Order will get a tag team title shot. But if they lose, they get nothing. So just to clarify, everyone, get excited. This is the Young Bucks, the Good Brothers, and Kenny Omega versus Hangman Paige Eva Luno, Stu Grayson, and I would imagine Alex Silver and uh, sorry, Alex Reynolds and John Silver. That as a ten-man tag sounds so friggin' awesome. I cannot wait. I got so emotional when the Dark Order ran down to make the save because yeah. I thought that Kenny was going to hit him with the belt. And when the Dark Order ran down, they made the save, and Kenny like scurried away. I was like, "This is the greatest story in professional wrestling at the moment." I can't, I can't believe how invested I am in all of this. I'm I'm emotionally invested in this, and like, and I was like, "What an amazing end to that segment!" And then the segment kept going, and the segment actually got <laughs> better the longer it went because then Omega cuts this promo, and Omega's <clears throat> promo was so great. His interaction with the crowd was so great. I loved every single thing about this. Yeah, what's so exciting, like you said, it's not just like, wow, that is going to be a hell of an in-ring wrestling match. It's, I am into every single one of these characters so much, and there is so much story substance to it. So just, I mean, it's flawless. I don't see where the, how this could get any better. Um, yeah. And yeah, like you said, pay, uh, Kenny gets into the ring. He says, and you know, just let me talk to Paige here. You're scared of failing, aren't you? Again. Because it's all, all it traces back to Hangman's self-sabotaging personality traits. Brilliantly, my favorite thing in all of this was Kenny saying they won't be chanting cowboy S-word anymore. Very easy to chant. Three syllables. They'll be chanting belt collector, belt collector. <laughs> <laughs> 
It doesn't work as a charm. <laughs> Can I? Um, I literally did this. It's only just come into my head now <clears throat> as a pitch for the ten man mm. tag. But I want to. I want to air it out as I'm thinking about this and see what you think. See what the chat thinks. Hangman Page is eliminated first. So yeah. through some heel shenanigans, you eliminate Hangman from the match first. That means the Dark Order have to fight from underneath to win it for Hangman Page. It works on, on three levels. You've got that level. You have got... It uh, also means you don't have Kenny Omega and Hangman Page actually have in-ring confrontation, yes, which you that's... really want to be saving for the pay-per-view. Thirdly, Hangman has failed again. It's the first person to be eliminated in the match. And the character depth of that, that he has then got to overcome going into All Out, can carry you through the rest of uh, August before you get to September. Who's the final man for the Dark Order then? John Silver. You're in front of fans. Yeah. John Silver's the final guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it comes down to Silver and Omega, I like how that could set up a John Silver Kenny Omega match. Yeah. I mean, you pin the champion. So, yeah, that, that would uh, qualify him for a tag match at some point, uh, for a title match. Yeah. I think that is perfect. And the way you, yeah, because you, you do not want Paige pinning Omega. And I, I agree, keep them as far apart as possible. How do you get Paige out of it? Because he's got to almost, something's got to trip him up in his head. He's got to run wild. And then either does he try and save the Dark Order or is he conflicted by punching Matt Jackson? You know, something, mm. something like that. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Like in it, yeah, that, that, yeah, that, that's how I would do it. And even like actually having everyone <clears> else do that work and Kenny Omega being the one to pin him, like that's the only interaction they have in the match is Kenny Omega mm. eliminating him from it. Um, oh, would be quite a little tag. Yeah. yeah, tag me in. I want to pin him. Mm. Yeah. Love it. I think that's excellent. Uh, Chris Jericho cut a promo cut a promo backstage about the five labors of Jericho. Sean Spears attacked him and MJF revealed the first labor will be Spears versus Jericho, but only Spears can use the chair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. Uh, Matt Hardy took on Christian Cage next. This was a, a fine match. Um, it, you know, like, why wouldn't you do this? You've got Matt Hardy and Christian Cage right there. You've got to do it. I wasn't super into it, but you should. You've got to do it. Yes. Uh, it. It's also the first time they've ever had a singles match on TV. Which is insane, actually, when you think about it, because I would have thought they would have done that in yeah, WWE CW. I would have thought they mm. probably had a thousand matches on yes. that brand. Yeah. Uh, Christian nearly lost via countout. So close there. But uh, hit the kill switch to win. Jurassic Express chased off the Hardy family office. And there you go there. Then we got Miro with a video package revealing his new TNT title design. Have you uh, seen the Bulgarian Twitter thread? I, oh, you've frozen a bit. Twitter thread uh, saying that it's all about the Bulgarian. Yeah, my internet's really crapping out at the moment. I've, no, it's definitely me. Uh, I very much apologize for this. Um, hoping to You're come good back. Now. Sorry about no, this, good. everyone. Yep, sorry about that, everyone. Um, yeah, I did see that Twitter thread. I thought it was very, very cool. Um, and I, I actually like the idea that every TNT champion gets their own design. Mm. Yeah. It's not just side uh, plates. It's a whole new belt design. I think that's really <clears> cool. Then we got a Britt Baker interview in the ring. She cut an excellent promo. Good content, good delivery. Hug Tony Schiavone. Total babyface, right? <sighs> the crowd treated her as such. What? <sighs> 
And then it cuts backstage to Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. Vicky Guerrero just, you know, my, I switch off when she, she screams. And Rose, I thought, had a really, just compared to what Britt did, just like it was pretty wooden. And that's the go-home angle. But it's absolutely match. fine, Ollie. It's absolutely fine, Ollie, that this promo wasn't particularly great. Although I thought Britt Baker was awesome in yep. her promo. One absolute star that she is. But you know what? It's okay because they're doing so much other groundwork to build up future challenges for Britt Baker <laughs> that we don't have to worry about the fact that this Nyla Rose feud isn't working. Well, we'll get to that. Uh, Moxley <laughs> yeah. cut a promo accepting the Lance match. Wheeler Utah got a lost in a sort of enhancement match, really, for Sammy Guevara. Uh, Wheeler Yuta has got a lot of dark wins, so I'm told he's the best friend's protege. Yeah, did, did you need that on there? Could you have given a women's match some story? Definitely. QT Marshall uh, poured coffee over Tony Schiavone backstage earlier in the day, and the last match before the main event was Yuka Sakazaki taking on Penelope Ford. Fun match, but no substance. Yeah, it's amazing. I've got like three notes. I've written down three sentences for this whole match. Crowder into Yuka. She hits the Magic Girl Splash. It was okay. Like that. Like, yeah. That's all you can say about it. It was absolutely fine. Like, I had more to say about the Wheelie Yuta Sammy Guevara match. Like, because I felt that there was more to that because there was actually, they were showing the video of him <coughs> picking up wins on Dark and Dark Elevation. They were showing videos of him being a protege for the, the best friends. It made Sammy Guevara look really good. It made Wheelie Yuta look really good as well. Like, it was a really successful enhancement match. And then this was just like, the crowd tried, you know, they tried to get into this. And I, I think the Yuka's really good. I think the Penelope's really good, but it just sort of meant nothing. And at the end of it, it felt like we hadn't changed anything at all in the women's division. So, like, it was like, what was the point? Yeah. Uh, and then, finally, before the main event, we got the first promo for Rampage, which was just a bunch of the biggest stars like Mark Henry, Sting, Cody, in a in a warehouse, sort of going electric. And you you sound like you're being quite sarcastic and pessimistic about this ad, like this promotional thing. I thought it was thought cool. It was- I thought it was freaking awesome. It made it genuinely made me want to watch the show. I thought it was the cool, like what I love about AEW, amongst many things, is the video package at the start of the show for the theme song is so good. Mm. Like it's really good at getting you hyped up to watch the show, which I feel <laughs> that Raw and SmackDown totally fail on doing. NXT does it really well, but Raw and SmackDown fail on a colossal level at getting you excited to watch that show because they have terrible intro videos. The Dynamite's got an amazing one. This Rampage one's even better. Oh man, it's so cool. Like I me- I want to watch this show. And it's on a Friday, so I'm probably not going to be watching it live. <laughs> well, it's only an hour though. That's the best thing about Rampage for me. Yeah, so that'd be a fine little hour for me on a Monday morning. Oh, love it. Um Yeah, that was it. That was it for the show. <laughs> Overall, I gave it uh, a four out of five. I'm going to brace myself here. <laughs> Why did you only give it a four out of five? Uh, you know, I, because I, I thought, look, so this was an excellent show, but did but usually my, my, my thing is, was there a super memorable moment or, you know, like one or two super memorable moments? And yes, there was the coffin main event, but, other than that, like there was no all-time great. Whereas last week you had the Malachi Black debut. I feel like that—that's what pushes, and it was very well done. 
that pushed it into the five echelon. Now, I'm being ve- I'm, this isn't raw. I'm very strict with AEW. So I gave it four out of five. As this person here, it's because Ollie thinks that Dynamite is only one step above <laughs> Raw. <laughs> They're the same. They're the same levels there's of enjoyment, a, definitely. That's the comment that was made on the Raw review that really made me laugh about <clears> that, which is just like, our reviews of Raw, it's just like, yeah, it was fine, I guess. Like, there was nothing terrible, nothing good, three out of five show. Our reviews of Dynamite, awesome show, really, really great. Like, But it wasn't <laughs> one of the best shows they've ever done, three out of five. It, it fundamentally changed the way I consider wrestling booking and the subversion of the cowboy, the cowboy masculine archetype. 3.5. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would have given it a five out of five show. And actually the community tab, 62%. You that it was pander. A- <laughs> you panderer. Luke was telling me off mic, it was a three out of five show in his, in his books. Yeah, I was going to say, but I, I need to get the marks back on my side. 62% uh, said it was a 5 out of 5 All Elite show. 23% said it was a 4 out of 5 show. 9% thought it was middle of the road. And then, like, barely anyone thought it was bad or 2 out of 5. Um, mm. I mean, yeah, I would have, like, I just, because I love that Hangman page segment. That's what pushed it into the 5 out of 5 thing. Initially, I was 4 because the women's stuff on it really irked me. Like, it really, really irks me. I feel like we're, we've taken a huge step back. Um, we're kind of like where we were at this time last year, which is really frustrating. But bloody hell, the Hangman Page angle was so, so good. Like that's a five out of five for that segment alone. Well, go over to our Patreon page, Wrestle patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk because AEW's good but let's be honest is it wcw in the year 2000 <laughs> the pinnacle of wrestling booking because you don't know what's real and what what's kayfabe work oh guys yeah. they go off script they deviate away from the script they were that scott hudson was not told about this in a production meeting what what is going to happen next? You, you're all AEW crowd. You watch Dynamite. That's why you're watching this review show. And you're like, man, Tony Schiavone loves this product. Tony Schiavone loves wrestling. You haven't heard him commentate on Bash at the Beach. That is passion. We are he being is. glib. It's one of the worst shows of all time. Tony Schiavone looks like he actively wants to leave in some parts. And you can watch slash listen to me and Luke review that in full. We are three hours into a uh, what will probably be a four, four and a half hour record right now. It's our classic pay-per-view review of Bash at the Beach 2000. That should be up tomorrow, maybe Monday. Depends when we get it finished. So go over to Patreon. Become a pledge hammer there. And if you pledge $25 a month or more, you'll get a shout out on this very show and our Hall of Fame. So thank you. Full of flavor, Sean Blanford. Have a glass of sherry, Martel J. Simmons. Justin the Human Godzilla Wustrak. You'll never get this name right, you idiots, Matthew Zimjewski. An expert dancer. Great Swayerman. Yanni Zane. Excuse me. Yanni Zane Hamid. Infinite Crisis. Chris Jenkins. Marcus 
He's got soul, Campbell. It's a football joke. Colin McLeaner than Finn Balor. Here comes the money. Here it comes. Fred Buckland. Jordan, don't you get, don't you dare call me Mountain. Do you? Froze yep. for a sec there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm here. All star Chuck Turner. There we go. Thank you very much. Sorry took about that, man, mate. Took us head. Yeah, <laughs> do, I do apologize. I know I said earlier that I thought it might have been you. It's 100% <clears throat> me, bud. It's 100% me. Well, let's get through our Ultra Chats, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Get all your Ultra Chats in there. We'll read out every single one over $5. Second class elitist. How amazing is Hangman's storyline? Even pre-AEW and the Being the Elite show, he was the odd man out in the elite. He tried so hard to fit in and have friends and it broke him. Now he's found his friends and is ready to confront Kenny and the Bucks. It's incredible. Yeah. Best best storyline in wrestling. Nate S. Cody, what we don't do is kick a 62-year-old man. Later, 62-year-old Sting comes out and gets in a brawl. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Co- Cody's got his own pocket verse in AEW. Yeah. Uh, they're, Fred Verst. Different, different levels <clears throat> of 62-year-old. Fred Verst. First time Omega chatting from America. After last night's Dynamite went off the air, I smiled and I thought, I can't wait for Ollie and Luke to wake up and watch this episode. So great having fans back. Hashtag Asuka and Beige. Hashtag Jam That Jam. Beige. God, I almost want him to win now. Uh, I like that our fans that go to sleep thinking, oh, I can't wait for Ollie and Luke to wake up and watch this. Yep. Uh, Jose Vasquez was Black's promo based on Cody's promo versus Dustin, the whole putting the animal down thing. Yeah, that's I've seen a lot of people say that. That was the road to double or nothing, I think. Hmm. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Very cool. I, I, I fully believe it probably is. They're very attention to detail orientated. Bobby Stevens with a very generous ultra chat. Thank you very much. When friends ask me why I love AEW over Raw and SmackDown, love NXT, is the small details they get right. Cody in an all-white suit, black in an all-black suit. Might seem small, but it's the cherry on top. Love from Philly. Or love from London. I don't think it's that small. It's like one of the most obvious metaphorical embodiments yeah. you can have. To show, <laughs> to, yes. show that Cody is the, to show that Cody is the heel. Malachi Black is obviously very concerned with colour because he spoke about how he would change the lighting in his cupboard promos in WWE to match the colours of the person he was feuding with, their sort of tights. Mm. Yeah, no, clearly. Uh, and it's, <clears throat> I think that this is now we're going to see like the more creative side of it. Cause I think like he was clearly quite frustrated with WWE and doing those promos in the cupboard and not leading anywhere. And I think that the fact that they kept saying on commentary, calling him Tommy end is really building this sort of world that Malachi Black is a different person to Tommy End, mm. um, although they are one and the same. So I'm, I'm quite excited to see like what that uh, you know what comes of that next. Genetic Ghost. I continue to be blown away, not just by Kenny's story with Hangman, but the imper- interpersonal destruction of the elite. Kenny and Hangman are great, but the extremely poisonous way Kenny dragged the Bucks down with him is something I think about every week. Same here, bud. 
HCB. Hi guys, must admit as a Brit, I haven't watched TV wrestling in years as I've found it too hard, but I decided to watch the replay of my first full Dynamite and I loved it. Omega vs. Hangman is the best feud I've seen in ages. Love how everyone is over. That's awesome. Genetic Ghost again. Just another thing, lads. I got all out tickets and I can't wait. Also, I have to imagine that once Kenny loses the title, the only person that can possibly pick up the pieces is Ibushi. Golden Lovers tag team, perhaps. Luca's frozen again <laughs> in a silly face. Marjo32. The Dark Order literally have Adam's back. And in return, Adam has their back. Simple, easy, but brilliant. Has a wrestling show ever made a grown man cry? <laughs> yes. Yes, it has. Has a wrestling has a wrestling show ever made a gold man an old man cry? Um, also, actually, I saw someone else ask, <laughs> have you heard from Jonathan Frakes yet? I haven't. No, I sent the cameo what? request. I haven't heard anything back. Do you do you have to log into Cameo or do you get a an email notification? Uh, I believe you get an email notification when it comes through. I mean, I'm, I've just logged in. It's not because I um I've not got any. Yeah, that means it means that he hasn't done it yet, and it may just be he's a busy man. You know, he's got the Starship Enterprise to co-run, so he's got to do. You know, he's got various things on the on the books at the moment. Make it so. Uh, you can get some money in the bank ones though Kofi Kingston, Matt Riddle, Bianca Belair Alexa Bliss, Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre Rhea Ripley, Seth Rollins, Ricochet Baron Corbin, Naomi, Carmella and Asuka Yeah and the Alexa Bliss one is like £800 or $800 or something I'm a tenner, I'm 10 bucks Book me on Cameo Also I'd like, I hasten to add as well You'll probably pay $800 for 15 seconds from one of them. I'd do at least 90 because I feel really <laughs> bad if it's anything less than 90. Uh, 600 quid for Bliss. You want to know who the lowest paid is? Uh, is it Baron four Corbin? Tied. Uh, no, Corbin's at 300. Uh, Naomi, Ricochet, Naomi? and Carmella. Yeah, I would have guessed a Naomi. We're in the same spot. Um, right, back to your chats. LV Emerald, just speculating, but with Yuka Sakazaki's dominant win versus Ford, do you think they're going to bring up her violent history with Brit, where she lost a tooth, maybe set up her up as the next opponent after Nyla? It could do. I mean, who knows? I think that's not a bad shout, actually. I think that's actually a really, mm. really good idea. Um, I just think they need to do a bit more to like start the build on that, as opposed to just having them sort of win separate matches. Bacon Rasher. Hi, lads. It's been a while, but it's time to go page cage spotting. Hardy lost a cage. Page promo. Cage lost his strap and ended up in a box. We still need page cage cage page in a cage on rampage. Jammy jam jam. I'm 36. That was the funniest part of your sentence there, mate. <laughs> Austin Falco. Sometimes I think it might be better to push Hangman's win down the line and have Kenny retain it all out. Then a segment like last night happens and I realise it's a thousand percent time for Hangman to carry the company. He's so over and that pop will be insane. I think, I think hold it off. Yeah. <laughs> I think so too. I don't know. Marjo32. There are two things I'm afraid of. Lights going out randomly and the Dutch. <laughs> Cody Powers. Of course, an excellent uh, reappropriated quote. There are two things I hate in this world. People who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. <laughs> 
That was me doing Ray Winston there. Heath Jackson. Heath says, my prediction for the Elite versus Dark Order match is it ends with only Paige and Omega, leaving Kenny to run away from the match because Kenny has the same fear he claims Paige has for him. He just hides it through a facade of claiming he's the best, then cheats. That's also really nice. Mm. I that's like good. that a lot. Yeah, Pe like Kenny has the fear of failure, and that's actually just going to fuel Paige even further. That's really nice. Rene Portner, first Cody defeated racism. Now he will defeat Satanism. In your face. That is America through and through. Is it just in your face isms? Extremism. Terrorism. We just beat them all. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely worked out in the long run. <laughs> Dean Brereton, great episode. Feel Omega should try to befriend Paige before we get... Feel Omega should try to befriend Paige before we get any physical interaction or hostilities. However, the promo work is great, and I'm looking forward to the big tag match, but Omega and Paige should be kept apart during it for me. There was someone who messaged me last week being like, I don't see how AEW can keep them apart. Like, how do you not mm. pull the trigger on this any sooner? Because they have, you know, September is, <clears throat> it's close, but it's not like it's next week or anything. You still got like a full month and a half before we get to all out. People are genuinely looking at a 10 month title reign and going, oh, a bit soon though, isn't it? To take it off him. Which is what, you know, that's what I think we all feel. I think it's more that Kenny hasn't fulfilled the full extent of the belt collector gimmick i think we all want him to i think that's that's yeah, the rescue run taking it off him now emma bon i liked most of the show but i can't give it a perfect rating because of starks and cage a sloppy arm drag a ride the rope spot with zero net pop poor commercial comeback lastly they didn't need a cool down promos after still i love the show four out of five wow that's that's some nitpicking yeah, I mean, it is. But like, do you know what? That was more uh, critical analysis to give it a four out of five as opposed to you, which was just like not the greatest show I've ever seen. Four out of five. Hey, I said they that Cody needs to solve women. That's what he needs to do. AW's <laughs> treatment of the of the women's division. Take that sexism. Yeah, that's where's the sexism once. Um but some people get really like some people prioritize the in-ring work over everything else. And I totally get that. But me, I, I'm an idiot. I don't really see problems there unless it's glaringly obvious. Natess, amazing coincidence. Every time there's a hangman and dark order segment, it happens to be right when I'm chopping onions. What, what do you think he's making Luke? Uh, well, probably a lasagna for what? <laughs> What about Omega gets too cocky and leaves the match after Hangman is eliminated like he knows the Elite will handle it? Not worth his time. I don't, I'm not a big fan of that. I think that belittles He's things. He sort of did it with the, because it was him and Michael Nakazawa versus mm. Kingston and Moxley. Was it Kingston and Moxley on the, the, the Blood and Gut show? And he sort of did that, like he yeah. abandoned the match so that Nakazawa could take the pinfalls. There is, he has got prior of doing that sort of thing. Uh, I'm getting, what? Well, oh no, oh no. You see, the lights have cut out. Louis Dangor, the guy who stabbed us in the back and broke our hearts, is trying to get himself over in the chat. <laughs> Hi, Louis. Hello. Hope the new job's okay. Um, You're clearly busy, Rage Bear. Rage Bear 99. More than last week, this show reminded me how much I've missed live crowds. They were hot the whole night, even elevating the later throwaway matches, and made this one of my favourite episodes in a while. Also, am I crazy? Or was Yuka super over? 
no she is super over yeah yeah i mean not to the extent of like some super she is over i wouldn't say she is super over so you know bearing in mind this is aew where there are some people who are like super over oh yeah Bobby Stevens, not only would you have the Hangman Fails Again story, but he's a man who was turned on and kicked out of a faction. Who who the didn't want to, who didn't want to be in a faction to now have a faction saves his chances at the title. I need it. Uh, James Hanley. With Yuka being back, I'm surprised that they didn't go with her as Britt's first opponent after winning the belt. Britt did knock out some of her teeth in the past. Uh wasn't it the other way around? Um, yeah, was it that was like early days pandemic, right? Yuka knocked out Brit's teeth, Yuka right? Did, was it Yuka that did that? I can't remember. Well, that's what everyone's saying. And the build would have been easier to get behind than the current feud with Nyla. Jam that jam, gents. Well, maybe that's what they're doing. Uh, yeah. but Yuka only just arrived. Also, like, there's there is history with Brit and Nyla, you know, the two first women mm. in AEW. Like, there is something there, like, there is a story that can be told there. I just think they're doing a bad job of doing that christopher connersman uh i loved the last two brit baker promos last week the blood money reference and yesterday the guerrero line really popped me uh, we didn't mention that she said vicky will forever be relevant in wrestling because of her last name but she sort of said that in a derogatory way she is awesome hopefully the rest of the women will get more time in the future after the special episodes stop well, I mean, someone, I, I saw someone in the comments say, defending them, saying, like, they're doing all the build on Dark and Dark Elevation, so it's, it's on us for, for not getting in on board with the build. Yes. Uh, one last salute, 1014, says, long-time listener, first-time Ultra Chat, which of the Dark DA teams? Which of the DA teams? I think that's Dark Order teams. Mm. Do you have go after the Bucks? Reynolds and oh, Silver. right, so if they win the... Mm. Reynolds and mm. Silver are all out is where I would go. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. I mean, you like Grayson and Uno, because of like the all out connection, like they debuted at all out um, when AEW first kicked off. So like there is some history there, but what is it? They, they, no, they debuted at Double or Nothing, didn't they? But I think they had their first in-ring match yeah. all out. So, <clears throat> but I would go with Reynolds and Silver. I remember the Bucks once upon a time said, honestly, the Dark Order is going to be the biggest thing we do. They obviously love Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. We haven't had that big Bucks Uno Grayson match that has probably happened on every indie. Um, so, I, I both both are good. Both are good. Zachary Jenkins, final for you. Hey guys, it's been a bit. How you been? Missed you, but this is for the Patreons, guys. For the next poll for August SummerSlam 2013, we know we want to hear Ollie talk about Brock versus Punk. You, I mean, you say this, Zachary Jenkins, but we've already recorded, you know, as Ollie said, the first three hours or so of our um, uh, Bash of the Beach 2000. Ollie in that says, I have zero interest in reviewing any show from the last 10 years. So even, <laughs> so, I mean, you may want it, but I don't think Ollie wants to talk about it. I will do what the, the people say, Zachary. Thanks. <laughs> Charles Berg, <laughs> just want to ask two things. Is Swaff Nation an anagram for soft? Oh, wow. Someone, do you want to say that now? Explain very quickly. Um, uh, yes. So it was a way, 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 way back when, when me and my friends used to, because we're old people, email each other our predictions for upcoming pay-per-views. I predicted, I think it was Enzo and Cass were going to debut on the main roster. And I said, because it's S-W-A-F-T. Uh, and I meant to say soft, but I clearly had misspelled it. So it 
it then became a running gag for us that we would go SWAFT, <laughs> SWAFT. And then I told Ollie that story on like the first podcast that we did together for WrestleTalk. We thought it was very funny. And the rest is history. And everyone became the SWAFT nation. Back to Charles Berg. Also, I asked the Quizzlemania boys, Tempest, Sully, Adam, for their top three sandwiches. So I would also like to know yours. For recap, my top three are Barn Me, Philly Cheesesteak, and Croc Monsieur. I don't know what Barn Me is. Ban Me, it's, it's kind of like a, a barbecue um sort of thing. It's Korean, I think. Uh, which Ban Me is very, very nice, actually. Um, so yeah, I I mean, peanut butter and jam is an absolute classic. Um a bean and cheese toasty is an absolute winner any day of the week. Um, and back in my meat eating days, I used to really enjoy. Actually, I'll tell you what: my university uh, days, my uh, I would do bread potato waffle, bread potato waffle bread with like a HP fruity brown sauce in there. So you would like have a triple decker sandwich of uh, potato waffle in there. Uh, it was like a Big Mac, but with potato waffles instead of um, burger patties, instead instead of um, human meat. And then I would uh, like dip that in tomato ketchup and stuff. Delightful. I would go cheese and mayo, white bread, peanut butter, white bread, chicken club sandwich from Costa del Sol. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's a banging sandwich? Um, Sainsbury's, again, back in my meeting days, their chicken and stuffing sandwich was awesome because it was the only sandwich that came on white bread and, and goddamn dry to all sandwiches it needs to be white bread james hanley a defense of andy's messaging of ollie he was contacting his employer about the proper use of grammar and concern about how a singular <laughs> cum affects the workplace at large you should feel honored that he decided to bring this up with you in such an open manner uh yes well that's the you know we're, we're all very uh open and i am the head of hr in this small company. So he has to bring those things to me. Who watches The Watchmen though? Dried chicken without flavor. Do you see a doc did you see a Dr. Britt Baker versus Diana Perazzo match happening? Oh yeah, that's a great idea. Also, is AEW in danger of turning their women's matches into bathroom breaks? If they give them no substance, but I don't think and not not that's too extreme, I think. Yes. It, yes it is like, i think there is because i think we're past that as a wrestling fan base i feel like we are past that point of fandom um but i kind of i do see the point that you're making though uh and finally for now dried chicken without flavor again big shout out to all the england fans for standing up against racial abuse after the euro championship and i will add to that also the guy who had a flare up his butthole Luke, did you did you freeze for my joke? I, I did freeze for your joke. I'm a very I you didn't hear it. No, do, do you want to do it again? <laughs> it's not really the sort of one I could. Okay, I'll do it again. <laughs> but uh, dried chicken without flavor. Finally, here says big shout out to all the England fans for standing up against racial abuse after the Euro Championships. And then again, uh, a message just from me. I'd like to also give a big shout out to the guy who put a uh, flare in his rectum. You did. Re I, I mean, in all fairness, we did a full podcast on this. You really like the guy that stuck a flare up his bum. Um, not a Ric Flair. We should we should say not a Ric <laughs> Flair. Like a, a, a flare that you would like if you're lost at sea. Guy stuck a flare up his ass 
um, for the banter. But in all, guys, you should hear the banter that Ollie has with his friends. Guys, guys, get this. They were playing Christmas songs in July. <laughs> Honestly, the banter that they have, it's, Nick, it's Nick, untouchable. You, this sounds like you're making fun of something that really made me laugh at the time. We changed <laughs> the lyrics to Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues to, and the bells were ringing out for England Day. Na, 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 na. The absolute banter that they have. Can, can we get a can we get a, a brief uh, are we just put <laughs> flare or no flare? Because <laughs> <laughs> we haven't got rich to do the the poll. Let's just see. On a 20 second delay here yeah i also want to correct myself. I, I got i got ban me wrong as well i don't i think it's i think it's vietnamese actually i can't i can't quite remember but i i definitely i definitely know i got it wrong i just can't remember what's what's the actual right answer yeah oh oh oh, oh what, what we got what we got okay they're coming in flare one vote flare two flare flare oh no they're too fast now no flare flare, flare, flare i'm guess. seeing People are saying Flair though. People are, but people are saying Rick Flair. They're not that or Charlotte Flair. They're saying they're not saying the guy who put the flare up his ass is a national Ooh. hero. Whoa, I didn't say national hero, but I do think, you know, <laughs> now we're mentioning it, an OBE at the least. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. It wasn't Be the best look. Flair. It it wasn't the best look for England fans or us as a nation, uh, let's be honest. Uh, I I disagree. I think it showed us in a true light. <laughs> oh, Matt Rowley. Yes, the guy who put the flare up his ass is a national hero. OBE at the... Oh, sorry, Give OBE that man at the a bare, knighthood. No, Tom Marshall's joke was better. At a bare minimum. That's a much better joke. Yes, well done, everybody. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well... Stick around. Please do subscribe to this channel because we've got a big... I'll, I'll let you do it. You know the schedule better than I do. Thank you very much. Yeah, it is a, a big, big weekend for us here on the WrestleTalk podcast channel. Uh, tomorrow, in fact, get yourselves ready, folks. It's not me and Denise tomorrow. I know a lot of you will be very, very uh, upset about this, but it's going to be me, Adam, and Damo hanging out uh, for the WrestleTalk podcast tomorrow afternoon, which I'm really excited about. Yes, Ollie? Everybody probably filled in the blank there. But Luke said big demo, not just demo. But your internet stopped. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. it could have been any demo. Or it could have been beige demo. Beige! <laughs> it's me, Adam, and beige demo tomorrow on the WrestleTalk podcast, which will be very, very exciting. So yeah, another BX reunion um, and me. Uh, and then on Saturday, the Intangibles will be reviewing SmackDown. And on Sunday, we have got Money in the Bank live reactions, which will feature the number one contenders match for Chopper's Championship between Adam Blompier and Laurie Blake, and also the Jam in the Jar ladder match, which will take place during the second ladder match on the card. Uh, Ollie will be represented by... Uh, Nikki Asham Riddle. I will be represented by Oscar and Beige. I fancy, I fancy my chances for the men's. I do <laughs> not for the women's. I don't think Asuka's got a cat in hell's chance of winning. I think Natalia has got more chance of winning the Money in the Bank ladder match than Asuka does. 
Well, she did so much to get added. Could you just uh, pop up the Laurie and Adam graphic again, please? I can do again. Yep. Uh, one second. This one here. You wouldn't know Adam went to drama school, would you? You know, like. Yeah. I mean, also, I know that like Andy was dubbing me in um, during the uh, from the prediction stream yesterday. Adam swore twice on the stream. Come on. Come on, then, Adam. But it's worth it, though, because everyone called him a potty mouth Tory. Because look at him, he actually <laughs> does look like a potty mouth Tory in that photo. Uh, also, can I have the jam the jam the jar match, please? Yes, you can. Look at Sat. That that <laughs> is that is a great match face. So I I messaged Sat and I was like, I need your match graphic for the jam in the jar ladder match, and he sent me across that. And he also sent me, he said it's a very niche reference. He sent me him doing the Randy Orton pose from 2003 from like a SummerSlam graphic. He's like, you can use this one if you want. I was like, I'll probably go with the first one, but I appreciate the efforts. For the first time in what feels like a long time, our mailbag is full. <gasps> and it's full for you and I. It's bursting. At the digital seams. Because I see some emails in here, lost intangibles, lost intangibles, pup updates. They've clearly got a dog thing that they've got going on. But <laughs> should we start we... deleting their emails? <laughs> I mean, Pete doesn't do it because I keep smegging reading his old emails and stuff. <laughs> so maybe I'm doing us all a favor. Uh, Benjamin emails in, though, to say, Dear Luke and Ollie, bear in mind, uh, Benjamin's uh, email subject line was water. Water? Mm. Um, I just started listening to your raw review today. The beginning of the podcast shook me to my core. How could anyone, anyone put water on their cereal? I legitimately cringed when you said that. Maybe biased since I love milk, but I cannot imagine. I do have to give your wife props though. Dry cereal does have a special place in my heart. I would prefer to try Tempest PB&P sandwich than water on cereal any day. And I do not like peanut butter. Love you, lads. That's from Benjamin. Benjamin. Oh, wow. Peanut butter is the thing he's against in the peanut butter and pickles combo. Have you tried the peanut butter and pickle combo? That That's like saying, oh, I'm not going to have a crap sandwich. I'm not into bread. You know, I've, I've got gluten intolerance. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll have the crap. But have you tried the PB&B? No, I haven't. I'm not, I'm not against it, though. I mean, you know, there's crazier flavour combinations that work. But it's fun to be outraged, isn't it? Water, water on cereal, though, is is grounds for divorce i'm afraid are you thinking about it uh, i mean i think she puts up with way worse from me i'm having mm. a lot of uh waking nightmares at the moment i was telling ollie about this the other day uh i <laughs> it just sounds so horrific apparently i did it again last night as well like i woke my wife yeah. up to ask if she was okay and she was like yeah i'm fine and i went back to sleep i don't remember that one but like i woke up in the middle in my dream me and my wife were in our bed and our bed was moving along this conveyor belt heading towards this door and the door opened up and then our bed went through and it literally like jolted down onto the floor. That's what woke me up was me being jolted out of bed by like, mm. the, the bed falling to the ground. And I woke up and I was in our bedroom, but it was a nightmare version of our bedroom. Ooh. It was like proper scary stuff. And I started scratching at the wall because I was trying to find the doors that we had come through. And I had to like sit myself up in bed and kind of like work out what I was going to do next. And the more I sat there, the more the room went back into its normal self. And I realized that I was dreaming and I could just go back to sleep now. And it was quarter past one. 
in the morning. When you say it's nightmare bedroom, how does that look? Is that like there's cobwebs? Is there yeah, a giant? It was, it in my was, head, there's a giant jack in the box in the corner that's sort of bouncing on a spring. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't quite like that. It wasn't can't sleep, clown will eat me. It was like, but like the walls were like green and moldy and dirty, and it was just felt like this dank room and things like that. And obviously, it was nighttime, so there wasn't a lot of lights in there. Lots of shadows being cast all over the place. <laughs> I think as well because my my wife's posh, so she has she she brought from her parents' house a four poster bed. And that four-poster bed casts a lot of bloody shadows when you wake up mm. in the night because we've got a skylight in our top floor. So that, like, the, you know, the moon shines in and it just creates a lot of shadows everywhere. We've got a street light across the way that from the other window. Just, yeah, there's just shadows everywhere. Oh, I think oh, that's oh, suggestion. Suggestion curtains. Yeah, well, heard of those? Heard of curtains? I mean, I have. Blinds. I would like to get curtains. Maybe blinds. I would like to get a blind, particularly a blind for the uh, one that's on the far side against the. But like my wife likes to have the skylight there because we can look up at the stars and we can see the moon and stuff. And it's quite nice to lay there in bed and like look up at the stars and that. However, I as soon as the like as soon as the sun rises, I wake up because there's mm. no like defense against the, the the brightness of the morning. Not a research done on how a pitch black room is better for you. What you need <laughs> is a button that once you are done looking up at the wait a second, it's a four poster bed. It's got a roof. How can you see the oh, skylight? No, no, because we we haven't got like drapes around or anything. We're not that posh. We've just got the we've just got the poles. What do the poles do? They're just obstructions. They, no, they they look they look nice, and they've got like fancy crap on top of them. But what's the point of that? I thought the point of a four poster bed was to have have the, the canvas or whatever it is on the top. I thought so too. It sounds unfinished. Uh, <laughs> It's actually ran the wrong Ooh. way at the moment. Uh, Reese says, hi, both. Congratulations or oh, commiserations yeah. for the football as appropriate. I'll be honest, as a Welshman, I've got no stakes in where football goes as long as it's not near me. I also don't care enough for the full, usual anti-England sentiment of my countrymen. Not sure if this is as weird as the others you've been getting in, but back when we were younger, my brother would pour milk onto his Weetabix then wait until it, it absorbed as much as it possibly could to come like yes. to become a sort yes. of paste, <gasps> almost making porridge out of it. Always uh -huh. seemed disgusted to me, but uh, to each their own, I guess. Have a lovely yep. week. That's from Reese. I'm on your brother's side, Reese. That's how I would love to eat Weedabix. Weedabix. Of course, one of the best ways to get into a Northern Irish accent. Weedabix. Perisher, or just Parisher. being despondent with life. Those are the best ways to get into a Northern Irish accent. Um, I I would also cover it in sugar. I would wait Ooh. till my mum left the kitchen, and then I'd open up the sugar pot, get a, a dessert spoon, which is <gasps> what we all call a tablespoon. That's double the size of a teaspoon. That's the amount I'm allowed. <laughs> spoon it on, two of them, and I stir it up. So it's just a sugary, wheaty, milky mush. Oh, I go to town on it. And then I'm not, I am just bouncing off the walls. That was a while ago. Every though. If only, Every if only there was a, a healthy adult substitute <laughs> cereal. Luke. They're not advertising on this show. Because <laughs> you stole that from me. Don't steal it. I love it though. I had it for lunch. <laughs> 
after school every day i would go home and i would have four weetabix with raisins covered in, in skim milk uh, in one bowl and mm. you would cover that in milk with raisins and sugar across the top of it and it was like that was my post school treat. I loved it, and like I love it when it gets all gloopy and it's like yeah, paste. completely with Reese's brother on that. I was like that with frosted shreddy wheat things as well. I, I want them to be mushy. I don't really like crunch as a texture. That's why I don't I don't care for salad. Okay, I want to read this email out before we get it. This is from Ashley. It says, Dear Luke and Ollie, I'd first like to send my over my heartfelt commiserations for the football this weekend. Even more commiserations for likely having to cover an episode of a crap roar after that. Here's to hoping you mm -hmm. can catch a break with Dynamite this week and be a stellar card. It was. When you two began recently talking about which wrestlers you'd be worried to meet for fear of getting it wrong, I could only think of one thing. My one interaction, I had got completely and utterly wrong and it still gives me dread to this very day. Oh. In 2018, I went on my first major international vacation, a week in Ireland that just so happened to coincide with OTT's fourth year anniversary show. When I heard the card was going to be headlined by that Walter Osprey match, I mm. had to go. Great match that is as well. When the day finally came, I was buzzing, excited to see a ton of new faces, some members of the New Japan roster I'd never seen in person, and my first ever live Walter match. We got there early to scope out the venue and uh, see who might be there to meet out fans. Uh, I got the chance to talk to Mark Davis of Aussie Open and grab merch and a picture with Walter, who was so incredibly kind. As I left Walter's table, I heard people clamoring around a table in the corner. When I got closer, it was none other than the stone pit bull himself, Tomohiro <sighs> oh, Ishii. No. While I was still fairly novice in New Japan <sighs> at the time, I'd seen a ton of Ishii's matches and my brother was a big fan. I decided to go to a table, grab a shirt for my brother as the crowd was started to clear. I will admit, I was nervous as he is such a badass and holds himself as such. I said hello and told him I was looking forward to seeing his match. He nodded and thanked me. He was very quiet and didn't say much, which only added more to the mystique around him. I asked for a shirt in my brother's size and grabbed, uh, began to grab the necessary funds out of my wallet. Here is where everything went wrong. You see, in America, we don't use dollar coins as you use euros and pound coins. By complete accident, I miscounted my money and changed Tomohiro Ishii three euros and just began to walk away. Oh, as I my. turned around, I heard a loud, hey, and my blood went cold. Not oh, enough, Jesus. he said sternly, and I could feel myself <sighs> going beet red. I apologized profusely and handed him, I think, more than what I owed him and got into my <laughs> as fast as I could. In retrospect, I know it was a silly mistake. He was a wonderful person. In that moment, I was just short, I just shorted a very scary man and I'm lucky to be alive. As much as I would like the right, uh, to write this wrong, the embarrassment of that moment might just keep me out of arm's length from meeting him ever again. I do still love him, though. Thanks for all you do. That's from Ashley. The problem is, Ashley, he remembers that. He, he thinks about <laughs> it every day, just like just like you. Yeah, we saw him uh, at Rev Pro a few years ago, and he took us to one side. I was like, have I ever told you the story about this uh, girl I met called Ashley? And she changed me three euros mm. at our OTT show. Uh, anyway, we've got to get out of here. Thank you all so much for your emails. Support at WrestleTalk.com. Send us an email. We'll see you tomorrow. It's me, Adam, and Big Demo hanging out for a Q&A special. Take care. I love you all. Goodbye.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.